New sponsor alert. Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor is the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt or a little bit of dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit for an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they can offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off using code DOINK at trueclassic.com. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for your male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how big and soft it is. Get ready to make a thrift shop run because you won't be able to go back to cheap materials once you try these. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code DOINK. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. Is crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch discomfort at Manscaped have spent two years designing the most affordable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming so you can wear the boxers for the chilling. They even trademarked the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK at manscaped.com. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches the Manscaped on your waistband of your underwear. That was guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. This is thanks to their Lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for the below the waist grooming. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight. You need more to have a precise shape. Get 20% off and free shipping using Doink at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code Doink at Manscaped.com. Com. Our last sponsor of the day is BetterHelp. Hey everyone, you know Brendan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Dog Podcast. My name is Brandon Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today, guys. If you haven't already, Hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. Thank you, everyone who is subscribing on the YouTube channel. I greatly appreciate it. I dropped an episode with my hero, my idol, Brian Dawkins. Yesterday was one of the cooler interviews I've ever done. If you can please go listen to that. And again, subscribe to the channel. It would be greatly appreciated. And check out our uh, other uh, AFC division previews. We're kicking or we're finishing off. The AFC today with the AFC North. I'm joined by my good friend Eric Warner. Eric, I've been dying to ask you this question all day. What is your take on hot dog guy in the stands? Oh, I think he's doing that for attention. You think don't you don't know. you think it was you don't think it was for real? It looked real to me. I don't know. Like I just think he knew he had a camera on. I think it was That's what I'm saying. very you, you think that it was planned. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's sitting in that seat where slightly turned where you can see 
the cameraman looking at him perfectly. I don't know. I don't buy it. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to judge anybody for what they do with food. I mean, I like I, there's probably some stuff I eat that people think is weird, so I'm not going to judge anybody for their uh, palates. Hey, it all goes to the same place. That's what I say. I couldn't, can't tell if you should be in prison or if it was a good idea. I've been bouncing back and forth all day. Yeah. I'm one of the funnier viral videos, though. If it's fake, it just kind of ruined everything for me. I, I didn't really think of that. But no, I think he's really doing it. But yeah. I think he like went up to the cameraman and was like, "Hey, to get a shot of me soon. I've watched what I'm gonna do." Okay. And like they court it, it was real, but it was coordinated, in my opinion. It wasn't like plan. It wasn't what's that word so, like natural. Yeah. So what you're saying is everything you see on the internet isn't real. I hate to break it to you, man. But okay, AFC North. So we, we were going to do this last um, last episode, but we waited for the Deshaun Watson news to officially arrive. Deshaun Watson news has officially arrived. Watson suspended 11 games, fined $5 million, so we can start the AFC North. Why don't I kick us off, though, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals' whole coaching staff is back. The Bengals lost 23-20 in the Super Bowl after a miraculous kind of playoff run. They, they, caught, uh, they caught lightning in a bottle. Eric, it's I was I almost forgot it was the Super Bowl was that close today when I was going back. 23-20. I thought it was bigger than that. Yeah, but if you remember one of Cincinnati's touchdowns was a 75-yard offensive pass interference yeah, that's that a good wasn't point. called. I thought the Rams dominated the game mainly at the line of scrimmage, which yeah. Tell me about that offensive line the Bengals are running out this year. Okay, so before I do that, I want to talk about just what the team looked like last year a little bit. Um, the Bengals got better as the season went on. They were actually the first the first um, first twelve weeks they were minus four in turnover margin. The last eight or last nine games, sorry, they were plus nine. So just to go to show kind of what can happen if you just get the get some turnovers your way. They only turned the ball over twice um, in their last seven games, which is which is spectacular. Joe Burrow in his last five games was unbelievable. Averaging 355 passing yards per game with 12 total touchdowns in those five. This is regular season. Last five regular season games, 355 passing yards average, 12 total touchdowns. He was awesome. Everyone remembers the Chiefs game, right? I think I can remember where I was. It's one of those remember where you were probably the best game of the regular season last year, I'd say. 446 passing yards for Joe Burrow um, week 17 against the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, this offensive line. So the Bengals... Last year allowed the third most sacks in the NFL, and they knew that going into this offseason. They knew they needed to fix that. They signed guard Alex Kappa from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and signed tackle Lael Collins from the Dallas Cowboys to help solidify that offensive line. The rest of the offensive line stays the same. 22nd in rush EPA per play on the ground last year. Ninth in passing EPA per play. So what does that tell you, Eric? They need to throw the ball more. Right, the running game just didn't work last year, and the the thing is too, like we we kept talking about this on the show, like how are the Bengals getting so successful and staying so successful? They were they were sacked nine times in the Titans divisional game, and then seven times in the Super Bowl. It's uh, it's pretty crazy that they were able to make this run. Eric, would you say that this has the is this the best wide receiver trio in the NFL? Ah, uh, top of my head here, yeah. Maybe a healthy Buccaneers. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, pound for pound, Bengals are right there for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they probably have. I think they probably have the best wide receiver trio in the NFL. You got, you got Jamar Chase, of course, who was unbelievable last year at over fourteen hundred yards in his rookie season. 
He was a monster down the stretch for this team. He won fantasy leagues last year. You got T. Higgins, who is a number one wide receiver, but he's number two on this squad. T. Higgins is a guy that I loved coming out of the draft. He's a big fan of him, and I'm really happy to see his career kind of blossom. He's such a good player. He was really big in the Super Bowl for the Bengals as well. And then you have Tyler Boyd as a third wide receiver. So I, I think probably the best wide receiver trio. And it's important to note, Hayden Hurst is now the new starting tight end on the Santa Bengals. Thaddeus Moss is on the team. Randy Moss, Randy Moss son. Did you see his cup block on Kayvon Thibodeau? Is that what hurt his knee? Yeah, that hurt his knee, yeah. I didn't know that was him. That he was threw that it, Moss, but I yeah. saw the block, yeah. Interesting. I wonder if he's going to make A lot of people saying that was really greasy. I thought it was. It happens every play in offense. Yeah. like It's something that probably should be taken out of the game, but it is a legal block. Okay. Okay, defensive side of the ball. Not much to talk about here just from changes. They are literally running it back. They are bringing back every single starter on the defensive side of the ball. Um, this defense was actually pretty solid last year. They finished 11th. Um, finish 11th in EPA per play on defense. So, and we talked we talked about this on the show over the last three divisional previews. Running it back on defense isn't the worst thing in the world. You want continuity there. This defense played again really well down the stretch. Like I said, ninth plus nine in, in turnover ratio down the stretch. So they started they started gathering sacks. They started getting turnovers, and they were kind of led by the defensive line that played so well. Trey Hendrickson was a monster for the team last year. One of the better signings, which I ripped on this podcast. So that one came back to bite me in the butt. Um, they're expecting some kind of some uh, some progression from guys like Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither, and then the secondary as well. Jesse Bates just signed his franchise tag. With Eric Warner, he's back. Yeah, he's officially I, back. I I I don't know if this is crazy to say, but I I think the Bengals need to win this year, and this is why. Their defense last year made the jump from twenty seventh to nineteenth in DVOA, which is nice. But you got to consider, this is the third most expensive defense in the NFL this year. Guess who's coming up for contracts on that offensive side of the ball soon? Yep. Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. You've already seen, they've already started to get ahead of it. Dax Hill was drafted to replace Jesse Bates. This is Jesse Bates last year in Cincinnati. I'd probably buy that too, yeah. Soon... This money that's on this defensive side of the ball is going to have to transition to the offense. And if this defense was the third most expensive in the league, and they finished 19th in DVOA last year, 11th in EPA per play makes it look nice, but I think that's a little makeup on a you pig. Could, you could probably throw to the middle there. Probably, yeah, they're probably about average. Yeah, but when you're the third most defense in the league, you need to be better than what they were. Considering last year they also did have an easier schedule than they have this year. Seventh hardest schedule in the NFL. That's what I got here, right? Right. That's this year. Their schedule is getting harder. They like you showed the turnover stats. Generally, that kind of comes back to even. We'll see, but I think that this defense is gonna have to be dismantled after this year. Do the Bengals make the playoffs this year? Are the Cincinnati Bengals a playoff team? Yes. Okay. And the reason I say that is because I, we we really quit. We're really quick on the offense there. Joe Burrow should have been MVP last year. He led the NFL in yards per attempt and completion percentage. <coughs> that means he was throwing the ball deeper than anyone, and he completed more passes than anyone. We've had this argument at baseball the other day, so I don't yeah. know if we should argue again on the podcast. I think Aaron Rodgers was the bona fide MVP. He was number one in EP per play, number one in DVOA. He ran the most efficient offense in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers was absolutely magical last year in the Throwing, regular season. That's what people forget, though. It's a regular season award, right? right. Throw in the fact... That Cincinnati's offensive line was 30th in pass block win rate. 
Joe Burrow had the sixth quickest release time mm-hmm. and was still pressured 35% of his passes. I have a... Th- Here's a take for you. I think Joe Burrow, a lot of the sacks that Joe Burrow gets are his fault as well. With the sixth quickest release oh, yeah. time, it's his fault. No, but like he's he takes a lot of dumb sacks. He runs around a lot. He gets the ball quick and then there's other plays he doesn't. Like he has, he had an interview last year where they asked him about it and he said, I'm willing to take sacks on third and long because I want to make a play. Like that's fine. I get there. I, I I can buy that a little bit, but I, I don't buy the fact that it was all on the offensive line. Like I think Joe Burrow has to have some sort of blame. I also think Zach. Zach Taylor had something to do with it. He had a little bit of Matt Nagy in him when he just watches offensive line get beat yeah. play after play and not make an adjustment. But we'll see. They did what they had to do this offseason. That was invest in the offensive line, and that's what they did. Okay, so one of my bigger takes so far on the podcast. You ready for this? I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to make the playoffs this year. Really? I am predicting they will miss the playoffs. I don't see this team replicating what they did on offense down the stretch last year. They just they caught lightning in a bottle, and what they were – the way they played offense is just, it's so high variance. It's The deep shot isn't sticky year to year. Joe Burrow was first against cover one and cover three last year. He had seventh fastest release time against cover one and cover three, which is crazy. Wrapped your head around that one. He was able to get the ball out quick and get was had the most efficient offense against those two defenses. I'm assuming that teams are not going to play one high defenses against Joe Burrow this year. They're going to look at the Kansas City Chiefs tape, Kansas City Chiefs tape, Week 17, and go, "We're not going to allow this to happen." I'm. I think they're off. I. This is what's crazy about my take is I think they probably will be just as good as they were last year in the regular season. But with just how good the, uh, with just with how good the AFC is, they're going to finish nine right. and eight and eight nine and miss the playoffs. Another thing too, we're talking about here. Are Alex Kappa and Lyle Collins really good additions? Is the offensive line that good? Alex Kappa was arguably the worst offensive line in the Bucks last year. Lyle Collins would play was not the same person since hip uh, since that hip surgery. You that was your additions. It, like I don't I don't really buy that the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is fixed. They probably have a B minus. They probably have like a unit in the fifteenth to twentieth range. They have a seventh hardest schedule in the NFL this year. Again, the way they play offense is so hard to replicate year to year. If they do. Again, if they do play well, I will like to see it. I, I will I will be happy because I like watching the deep shots from Burrow to, to Jamar Chase. I just I just see regression on that side of the football. Can they can they have a top ten offense? Sure, but they're not going to be as good as they were the last five weeks of the year last year or the last eight games even in the playoffs. Their offense even struggled in the playoffs last year. They got really lucky against the Titans and Ryan Tannehill throwing those three interceptions. In that game, in that last oh, one of the season, extremely. Yeah, like lucky. I just, I, I have a hard time seeing it all kind of hitting again. And they didn't very, mm-hmm. ma- they didn't make much upgrades. Warren, you brought up that they were third most expensive defense. The Bengals are twenty eighth in cash spending this season, twenty eighth after making the Super Bowl. Why yeah. not go all in? Why not do what the Chargers did? You're spending the fourth fewest amount of yeah. money with Joe Burrow at a rookie contract. This franchise is frustrating. I feel like they should have just went all in this year. I think the Bengals are going to be 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight, and miss the playoffs. I think that these offensive line upgrades are bigger than you're making it seem. Oh, God. PFF had Lyle Collins as the 15th best tackle in the league last year. Alex Kappa, 19th best guard. We haven't said the name Ted Karras yet. He was also brought over from New England. He played guard last year. He's expected to play center. He was the 16th ranked guard last year. All three of those positions are upgrades in my opinion. The one thing I'll say, though, is this year, 
teams are not going to look at the Bengals the same they did last year. Last year, they were underdogs in 15 of their 18 games. Mm -hmm. This year, they're expected to be favored in 14 of 18 games. So you're not getting the surprise factor anymore. Teams are now preparing for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and know what they do well. You're going to get teams' best punch. The one set I was actually really surprised by, do you believe in the Super Bowl hangover? The losing team? Yeah, well, it's it's happened. You have to believe in it. 10 out of the last 13 losers of the Super Bowl have made the playoffs the next year. Made the playoffs? Yeah, it's kind of a myth, I think. I I feel like because everyone kind of looks back to the Falcons. They they lost the Eagles in 2017 after kind of choking, and they kind of fell apart. Yeah, I guess it's I, just I, making playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you want to, if you make the Super Bowl, you should be destined to go back there. Or not destined, but that's what you should be. What you want to do. And when you're a team that spends the 28th, like fewest money in the NFL, fourth fewest money in the NFL, it just this is a frustrating organization, in my opinion. I, I think they could have done more this offseason. Why not go get a Khalil Mack, what the Chargers did? Why not go find a better tight end than Hayden Hurts? Why not go spend more money in the offensive line? I don't know. It just it seemed very yeah. underwhelming. They seemed like they had an underwhelming offseason. Uh, I like that they addressed their issues. But did they? Yes, <laughs> dude. They <laughs> absolutely Alex, did. Alex Cap- Lionel Collins was not very good. I mean, that's yeah, one of those he PFS. Was. No, he wasn't. He had a- Why did the Cowboys cut him? Because Why was he available? Oh. They couldn't afford it. I don't buy that. He was a, because their fullback is making $18 million. <laughs> That's why. All right. Enough with the Bengals. You're low on the Bengals I'm again. I'm not low on them. I just, I. it's a bloodbath. This a conference is a bloodbath. I think they're going to go nine and eight. They're going to play good football. I just, the lucky stuff that happens to them is going to, there's some of it's going to flip the other way. They only went 10 and seven last year. I'm predicting they win one fewer game. True. Okay. So fair enough. And you're right. Nine wins probably doesn't get you in exactly. this year. Let's flip over to those Cleveland Browns. I start with the Browns first. All right. I like it. And Deegre, I got a question for you. Pretend you are an odds maker. How many points on a point spread do you think Jacoby Brissett to Watson is worth? Five? Five? I said a touchdown. I is think it's a full touchdown. A touchdown? Okay. That's, I, I'll buy that. Because I dug into Brissett. Didn't like I, what you saw? <laughs> not at all. Like, you just said um, you thought the Bengals could have done more. The Browns had to know a suspension was coming. I'm a li- Maybe they genuinely believed he was going to get six games. I don't know how you could have believed that. But last year, or sorry, in his career, Jacoby Brissett, he has 37 starts, so he's a vet. I'll give him that. Last year, he was 35th in yards per attempt. 31st in EPA per pass and 29th in just overall success rate. He was a bottom three quarterback in the NFL when he played. And the thing is with him, though, I'll give him credit. The one thing, if this Cleveland Browns offensive line can stay healthy this year, that will be a drastic improvement from what he is used to. And the problem with Brissett is he holds the ball super long, and he, on top of that, he has a really long release. Mm-hmm. He ranked fourth last in the league last year at getting the ball out quickly. So he he that the Brown season is going to be on this O line. Yep. Last year it was extremely banged up, but when healthy, is one of the better units in the league. You got Jedrick Wills, Joel Batonio, Ethan Pochich, Wyatt Teller, and Jack Conklin. Again, I'll say it. When healthy, yeah. elite. J. 
Jack Conklin, though, coming off a torn patellar tendon, that is traditionally one Doesn't of the... Doesn't sound very good. That's your kneecap. That's traditionally one of the toughest injuries to come back from. We'll see if he gets back to all pro uh, level. Sorry to interrupt, but I also do think that J.C. Treader is available for this team if they want him. He's still right. a free agent. Like they're starting right now. Ethan Pokicic at, uh, at center. He's their third center. Right? I think they've had two centers go down so far already in camp. I'm assuming J.C. Treader is going to be the starting center of this, of this team by week one. That's just my that's my yeah, guess. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. be a big transition period yeah, for him. Exactly. He's probably sitting there waiting for the best deal. He'll probably hop yeah. in. I'm assuming he's signed if within the, the next week. If the box lose another. Yeah, line, exactly. He probably has offers on the table. He's just waiting it out right now. Right on. Um sorry, where are they? Kareem Hunt has requested a trade. He's still there. If you're the Browns, why do you trade him at this point? I mean, you do have Dearness Johnson as your third string back. It's, but you're just a loaded running back room. Kevin Stefanski likes to run the ball. I like the idea of having three guys on the roster you trust. So I don't expect Kareem Hunt to go I anywhere. would be very, very surprised if he's traded. I don't see a reason why you would do that. One of the under-the-radar moves that I actually kind of forgot about, Amari Cooper is wide receiver one for the Cleveland Browns. That trade is looking to be a pretty nice trade considering Cooper was traded because of a high cap hit at $20 million, which is now... Less or the same amount of money basically as Christian Kirk, so not a bad contract anymore. But Eric, who was wide receiver number two on the Cleveland Browns, Donovan's Peoples Jones going into year yep. three, he is going to be a major, major key to yes. this defense. So far in his career, he's kind of just been a deep threat only type guy. Can he develop his game? Wide receiver three right now slotted in is David Bell. I'm not going to try to pretend like I know anything about him. Rookie, I think it was a fourth round pick this year. I, I wasn't huge on him through the draft process. He didn't really pop out to me, but hey, what do I know? Yeah, so wide receivers past Amari Cooper are definitely a concern with this roster. Tight end, David Njoku. Guy third, always, round, third round pick, sorry. Third round pick. Okay. Yeah. David Njoku looks great getting off the bus. Hasn't put it together <laughs> yet. The guy is just jacked and ripped out of his mind, but he just doesn't do anything on the field. Hey, so. 11th in yards per route run at the tight end last year, David Njoku. He, for, for a six-game stretch, he was first out of all tight ends. He just needs more production, but he, he has not been what they wanted yeah. him to be. I will I will definitely agree there. But they right. paid him. They gave him they a big foul contract this offseason. They moved on from exactly. Austin Hooper. So They're maybe, relying on him a lot this year. So maybe they looked at those yeah. efficiency stats. But, yeah, he's going to have to be a big part. And he's not really a – He's a wide receiver. No, he's. I think he's the other way. I think he's good at blocking. I, I was going to go the other way with this. I, I feel like he's more in line. Like they want to use him more in line. Because with the run game, when you have him more in line, they're going to be – they're going to be heavy on the run game this this year, so you're going to want him there, so you can kind of full offenses, right, or full defenses. So you think it was play action passing, you have a joke going up the seam. Like I think he's going to be very important to this offense. Like I, I, I can't underestimate his its kind of importance to how successful the Browns are going to be this year. Yeah, you're actually right. Yeah. He has a very high uh, pass block. Yeah, uh, grade. So you are correct on that one. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, he took a step back from coach of the year. Uh, last year, the Browns sixth worst in the red zone and eighth worst on third down. So Stefanski was kind of the darling in year one, had a great year, struggled a bit last year. But I think that also was because of the banged up offensive line. And I think just this offense in general is going to go as this offensive line goes. If they are healthy and elite, this offense will be fine until Deshaun Watson gets back. 
if this offensive line is banged up, they might their season might be over by the time Deshaun Watson gets there. They got lucky with their schedule to start the year. Their first four games are all softballs. Maybe that helps Brissett get his feet wet, get comfortable. But overall, it's going to come down to this offensive line as usual with the Browns. The run game is going to be so important for this yeah. team. Let's look to the defensive side of the ball. Miles Garrett, straight up stud last year, led the league in pass rush win rate, 16 sacks, 17 tackles for loss, 33 QB hits. He right now is averaging 0.86 sacks per game, second all time in NFL history right That's there. That's a good nugget right there. With, I believe the minimum is minimum 15 games played for that stat, so... If he increases on that, you could be talking about a Hall of Famer in Miles Garrett. He's also the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year currently right now, plus 700. So he's ahead of T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald, which is interesting. Right on. Jadavion Clowney is on the other side. He had a good year last year. He was fourth in pass rush win rate last year. Seems this guy always has a good year as long as he is not on Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> but the middle of the line, this is this team's weakness on this side of the ball. Jordan Elliott was ranked 101st. For defensive tackles by PFF and his running mate, Taven Bryan, was even worse. This rush defense is my main concern because the secondary is absolutely loaded. Cornerbacks, you got Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome, Greedy Williams, safety, got Grant Delpit, John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison. Defensive coordinator Joe Woods loves playing nickel, so his personnel really suits his system. He will have five defensive backs on the field almost every single snap. And why the interior of this line needs to be better is because last year, the Browns were number one in the NFL at defending passes to the running back. That's because of JOK. He's an extremely, extremely great coverage linebacker. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. JOK to me. Yep. He's undersized, though. He struggles in run support, but he excels in coverage. So you need to, the big guys up front need to keep bodies off of him in the run game. If that front can hold up, I think this defense has top ten potential. I like the Taven Bryan addition too. I like Taven Bryan. He struggled last year. Yeah, he he, he was he's. I will agree with that, but he he's a good player. I, I he, I think this is a good situation for him. Like yeah, they're a, gonna yeah. ask him to just stop the run. Yeah, exactly. That's all he has to do is stop. Perry on Winfrey too. A draft pick I really liked. They also brought in Chase Winovich. This this front four has juice, but again, you're banking on JD on or you're banking on Miles Garrett to be a superstar again. You need yeah. him to be a superstar. Yeah. So that's the Browns for you. I am having such a tough time giving a prediction for this team. Just because <laughs> even with even with the eleven game suspension, even right? With because it, their season could be over by yeah. the time Watson gets back. And then on top of it, Watson hasn't played football in twenty. It will be I think twenty months since his last NFL action. Are we just expecting him to go back to being a top five quarterback? Mm-hmm. Throwing on top of it, every single stadium he goes into, he's going to be booed and heckled. For the rest of the year, and I really hope fans he's, give he it to him. freaking should be heckled every Yeah, so I'm game. hoping fans absolutely give it to him. But I'm I'm going to say, like we said with the Bengals, loaded, loaded AFC. I'm going to say that the Browns missed the playoffs. So their schedule, like they got the, the – towards the end of that suspension, like you got the Bucks, Bills, Bengals, Ravens. It gets tough. Like the first four games are easy. Mm-hmm. First six games you were talking about when there was originally a six-game suspension. 
But week seven, Ravens. Week eight, Bengals. By week nine, at the Dolphins, at the Bills, host the Bucks. Right. It's death row after that bye week. Like, and you're going to probably have to be 500 football, at least mm-hmm. if you want to make the playoffs before you get into Houston. Mm. So the Cleveland Browns are the only team in the NFL right now with enough, enough cap space to get Jimmy Garoppolo if they wanted to trade for him. Wow. They are the only team. They've got about $46 million in cap space. They can fit him under the cap. I think what it's about he? fifth. I think it's about. I think he's going to pay about twenty three million dollars this year. I think if you come this far for San Francisco, there's a realistic chance where Trey Lance absolutely shits the bed. Yeah, but I, I, they're not. No, he will be. He, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be on a, the San Francisco 49ers roster by week one. I, I, if he is, then it's absolute insanity. There's, there, you can't do, you can't have that locker room. You gotta let Trey Lance take the reins. Enough's I enough. I agree with that. I think, I think the Browns and the 49ers are in a staring contest right now. I think they're staring at each other on the phones with each other and they are trying to work a deal. There's going to be a point where something has to give here. The 49ers are going to have to either cut him and then because they they don't they don't take any of the money. It's all it's all free money. The 49ers won't have to eat any money. So they could and the Browns probably know that, right? They could because then they could sign him to like a what Jimmy would probably go for seven, eight million, maybe on the free agent market, something like that. So they could save fifty million dollars that way. Or you need to trade for him and guarantee his spot on the roster. But the longer you wait, the less time he has to come on the offense. Like, there's so many different variables. I was variables just going to gonna say, bringing in a quarterback with about two weeks to go before a season starts, that's risky all on its own. If the Browns start 0 2 against the Carolina Panthers, the New York Jets, I, I have a hard time believing that they're not going to do something at quarterback. Like, I agree. Yeah. But and the Falcons. What if the 49ers start 0 2? Yeah, but I, my point is, is he's not going to be on the 49ers roster come week one. I, I think don't that, know. I think that would be the dumbest. Oh, I would shred Kyle Shannon. I will rip that 49ers front but office. Basic- Get him off the team. It's time. Enough's enough. He needs to go away. Why? It's Trey Lance's time. It's if Trey you, Lance's time to shine. If you already have an insurance policy, why? It's, it's a would $23 you- million dollar expensive, annoying insurance policy. Better than no insurance. <laughs> I, I think it's time for him to go. It's got. It's been time for him to go. But again, when they were, I guarantee right now that the Browns and the 49ers GMs are on the phone with each other. They're having a staring contest. I think it's closer to like 35, 40% chance that Jimmy Garoppolo starts the game for the Cleveland Browns this year. I don't think it's that crazy at all. I don't think you need to, I don't think you need to look through binoculars to see it happen. Like you said, Jacoby Brissett's not, he's not it. Yeah, yeah. it's not good. Yeah, so I, I, I would, I would definitely keep an eye on that. All right. Okay. Does sorry. Last thing, the Browns yeah. outside of the quarterback stuff we just talked about. This team reminds me a lot of the Eagles. Like built very trenches, like with good cornerbacks, good skill position players. Reminds me a lot of the Eagles. I can see that offensive line yeah. out. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, Baltimore Ravens. Can't wait. I've been waiting to talk about this team. Um, we're gonna start with this statistic. I've been throwing this out on my radio hits and whatnot, and it's a very popular stat, but we got to throw it out here. Football Outsiders has a statistic called adjusted games loss, which shows how injured a team is during the season. The Ravens had the highest adjusted games loss in 2021 and the highest since Football Outsiders started tracking the statistic 21 years ago. The 2021 Baltimore Ravens were the most injured team basically in the last 20 years. They didn't stand a chance last year, like just straight up. And they and they still won eight games. John Harbaugh is back. As head coach, he's one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Mike McDonald takes over for Wink Martindale as defensive coordinator. And Greg Roman is back, baby, as offensive coordinator. I'm assuming he's going to have to have the coaching performance of a lifetime if he wants to keep that job. I'm still baffled that they even brought him back. But 
Anyways, he returns for another year as Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator. Ravens finished 17th in offensive DVOA last year. But again, they had so many injuries. Cluster, Ronnie Stanley, yeah, cluster injuries. Ronnie there. Stanley barely played at all. They were throwing a villain away at tackle, which was a disaster. They didn't have anyone at right tackle. All three running backs were hurt before the start of the year. They also were down Nick Boyle, who's a backup tight end, who's huge for that run game. They, they, they didn't stand a chance on offense last year. Just a way to go to prove it to you. The twenty In 2019, the Baltimore Ravens were 32nd in early passing, 30th in 2020, 13th in 2021. They completely switched up what they wanted to do on offense because they needed to throw the ball because they didn't have any running backs. The running backs were basically like the fantasy darlings of 2013, 2014. You were throwing out like uh, uh, Dante Foreman, uh, not Dante Foreman, right? The Dante Freeman, sorry. Dante yeah, Freeman. Yeah. Who else were they throw? Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, like, the running yeah. back. It, was, it was literally like the, tw- the fantasy darlings of 2015. Yeah. Like it was, it was a disaster of a, of a, of a um, rushing attack. And they still finished eighth in EPA per rush from weeks one to 14 with Lamar Jackson when he was healthy. So it goes to show just having Lamar Jackson healthy in as a starting quarterback just does so much wonders for that run game. Him just there, like even with him and Le'Veon Bell, they were the eighth most efficient rushing attack in the NFL last year. So think about that. Now you get J.K. Dobbins back. Their offensive line is also going to be solved this year, bringing Morgan Moses, Kevin Zeitler, and Ronnie Stanley. That solidifies that wide, that offensive line. And Tyler Linderbaum, they draft in the first round, who we're both really excited about. You don't you like... See, no, but you see this foot injury that John Harbaugh is saying that it's nothing serious. You think it's There's more serious There's rumors that out? it's a Liz Frank, which okay. could be a season ender. I was I, very. It's very murky what's going on there. He hasn't practiced. So he's back since. today. Jeff Zubik at the Athletic noted that he did practice and do individual drills today. Okay, that is that practicing yeah, individually. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but again, even if if he is healthy, um, he is a great. He was a great addition. We love that draft pick here. We mm-hmm. both we both thought he could have like the potential to be one of like the long starting offensive players from that draft. Now where things get dicey is the wide receiver room in Baltimore. Rashad Bateman is now going to be the number one receiver on this roster. Loved Rashad Bateman coming to the draft. Still think he can be a superstar in this league. But again, I have Rashad Bateman fifth in the NFL last year at contested catches, yeah. which is what his MO is. 19th so. in yards per route run when he was on the field. I, so I think a high ceiling. Yeah, he Bateman. does. He has he has superstar potential, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like I think he is, I think he has I think he has a chance to be a top 10 receiver in this league. I think he's that good. But again, we haven't seen it yet, so you're banking on on progression there. Um, they have it's funny they drafted so many receivers last year. I, I have James Prochet, Devin Duvernay, Tylen Wallace. All these guys were like fourth, seventh round draft picks. So you're banking on at least one of these guys to step up and, and and take over the reins. Then you have Demarcus Robinson in that in that in that room. Demarcus Robinson has has been officially one of the worst wide receivers in the NFL over the last two years, but maybe he can kind of pick it up this year. Who knows? But after Rashad Bateman, it gets dicey. My guess is they're going to be looking heavy at Rashad Bateman. He's going to get a ton, a ton, a ton of targets, and they'll kind of go from there. And, of course, they have Mark Andrews at tight end, who's who's great, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. There's a a guy sitting out there in free agency. I meant to bring him up on the AFC South uh, episode. We didn't. T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's still out there. Modell Beckham's still out there. I know, but I feel like Hilton, like, really compliments Bateman. Yeah, for that speed threat. Yeah. Yeah, Something, that's a good point. We'll see. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if they add a wide receiver, bef- a vet, before the season starts. 
This this offense, if it stays intact with Lamar Jackson, I think it can be lethal. I think it has a chance of being top five, top seven in the NFL. Because getting back to that run game, getting back to the 2019-2020 like run game, they are like it's hard to it's hard. I know I've said it like three times already, but it's hard to underestimate how good this rushing attack is with Lamar Jackson. He just brings such a presence. He's so so hard to tackle. He's so hard to read. And you're already in preseason. You're seeing some of the run concepts. Like it's it's insane. They are they are so much fun to watch, and I can't wait to watch Lamar Jackson back healthy. With this roster, yeah. they this year they face the fifth easiest schedule of opposing run defenses. Oh, there's a nugget for so, you. So Lamar Jackson could run more than he's yeah. ever run before. And, and J.K. Dobbins is back too. Like, yeah. just you got to like, you got to think adding Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins in offense is going to make this team ten times better. And this team with those three cluster injuries to their running backs, Dobbins, Edwards, and Hill. They were 8-3 and three before Lamar Jackson got hurt. Yep. This offense was still working, running the football, without their top three running backs. So mm-hmm. imagine now that you're getting some juice with uh, J.K. Dobbins. Hopefully, I don't so Gus think Edwards Gus is Edwards is ready yet. He's, yeah. on, he's going on the PUP list so week, at least four weeks he'll be out. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think Dobbins can kind of carry but then the, They, carry they the also holder. brought in vet Mike Davis. Yep. He's a very better than <laughs> it's a better name than Devontae uh, Freeman. That's exactly. all I'll say. Exactly. Le'Veon Bell. Who else did they have there? They had oh. um, the tall guy from Saint, uh, from New Orleans. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Latavius yeah, Murray. Murray. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Like, like the running back room was ridiculous. It was, yeah. it was hilarious. Um, on defense, very, very curious to see what this defense looks like. Here's a stat for you, Warner. The Baltimore Ravens, since becoming an NFL franchise 22 seasons ago, have had a top 10 defense in 20 of those 22 seasons. This team is very, very good wow. at drafting defensive talent and and making them into good NFL players. However, last season they were 28 in defensive DVOA. I have a very, very hard time believing that that's going to happen again. Justin Mabuki, Mabuke, who is a defensive lineman. I, I, I went and tried to get that pronunciation right. You know, it's tough out here. But <sighs> Justin, uh, we're gonna call, we're just gonna call him Justin M for now. He was gonna have a huge role on this defense. Um, I believe he was a, he's just going into his third year. He's kind of like the darling to kind of pick up and all these writers out there kind of saying he's ready to break out on the defensive line. He's going to have a huge role. Now he's starting. Really pumped to see Odaf Owe this year step in as a defensive lineman. He's going into his second season. Absolute freak of nature athlete. He's going to have a, um, a bigger role as well, but he's going to be coming from the outside linebacker position. Calais Campbell is back again, baby. One of the most underrated defensive linemen of our lifetime, I believe. This guy doesn't age. I know, literally. He's still <laughs> kicking. And he's still playing at a high level. Like He still has to slow down. Travis Jones is a guy I really, really liked during the draft process. They drafted him. Defensive tackle out of Connecticut, so watch out for him to kind of be a rookie darling as well. The, the linebacker is a little bit iffy. Josh Bynes was their best linebacker last year. And Patrick Queen is back. I'm not really feeling that linebacker room. I can't believe yeah. Patrick Queen is still in, in the NFL. He yeah. might be the worst linebacker in the NFL, yeah. to be honest. Like Josh Bynes ended up being their best linebacker last year, and he was like a veteran signing that they didn't they really expect to do much. So now you're banking on those two guys again. Last they year, love that. Patrick Queen ranked 78th out of 80 linebackers in coverage. He, he's one-dimensional. Yeah. You can't ask this guy to cover, and really, he wasn't that great in run defense either. He was 41st out of 80. Still so young and still figure it out. But He's basically a blitzing linebacker yeah. right now. The safety room is elite, though. Marcus Williams, Chuck Clark, Kyle Hamilton, probably that's top five safety well, room in the NFL, but we don't know what Kyle is going to be yet. That's I was kind of thinking that because those linebackers are a little iffy, 
Why not move Chuck Clark up into the box? Yeah, that's where He's I'm going versatile. with this. Ton yeah. of three safety, ton of three safety looks. I'm guessing they're going to be very dynamic with their play calls and, and their the way that they play on defense. That's why I'm very curious to see what Mike um Mike uh, Mike. I think it's Mike McDaniel, right? Is it Mike McDaniel? Mike yeah. McDonald. Mike, Mike McDonald. McDonald yeah. Mike McDonald's story does. He's been a Wink Markendale guy. He's been on there for three years, but I'm assuming he's not going to run. Wink Markendale is just a blitz, I'm coming at you type of defense. I'm assuming they're going to be kind of more versatile this year. And then you get Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey back. The mm. secondary was ravished by injuries last year. Again, Marcus Peters went out in, in training camp. Marlon Humphrey was banged up. Like, this is an elite. This is a top seven secondary in the NFL. And Kyle Hamilton's the X factor here. How good can Kyle Hamilton really be? We saw that everyone saw that clip that went viral him on Twitter getting cooked by that like third string slot receiver oh, is he again. Undrafted yeah, then? but again, yeah. I don't think that's what you're gonna be wanting to do. There's so many ways you can kind of use them. How they how this defense use Kyle Hamilton will be the, the X factor of his team. Eric Warnsey, the Baltimore Ravens are going to win the AFC North. That is my prediction. I really, really, really like the Baltimore Ravens heading into this year. I think this this offense is going to be elite. I think this defense is a chance to be elite. I think you have potential top 10 units on both sides of the ball here. I think Lamar Jackson comes back with a bang. I think this guy's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to get paid. He, they're pissed off about what happened last year. I think they get back to the roots with the run game. Really, really high in the Baltimore Ravens this year. I think they are the best team in the AFC North, and I really don't think it's a question. I couldn't agree more. One of my favorite bets. I actually don't know if I'm going to bet anymore. Ravens to make the playoffs is now up to yes, minus 156. Mm. When we started this prep, I believe it was about minus 120 last week. So I might have missed that opportunity. But I don't see how this team doesn't win this division. Just injury luck alone. And John Harbaugh yep. is going to get this team to the playoffs. Again, the most injured team in the last 21 years. Right. Like that's and also and, they, and had they were their, important players that were banged up. Mainly part to do with those injuries, they allowed 81 plays of 20 plus yards in the yeah, passing. The secondary game. was terrible. That's not going to happen again. It was their worst yeah. pass defense in franchise yeah. history. Didn't Burrow throw like 556 yards against them or something yeah. at the end of last year? Something insane like that. It's, yeah, this the secondary is like now it's like Marcus Williams is huge addition and Marcus Williams is always healthy. I think he's played every single game oh, of his entire knock career. On wood now, buddy. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Both knocking here, but like again, like just the amount of guys, talented guys, are coming on this roster. I, I don't think it's crazy. I think they're plus one thirty-five to win the division right now. Like you can get them at plus money to win the AFC North. I would definitely peek in on that one. They are currently plus one forty-five. Even I like that. Yeah, that I might be what I bet rather yeah. than make playoffs. Yeah. That's definitely. I think the Bengals are right behind them though. Like I think they were one plus one fifty-five. They're plus 170. 170. So they're, they're, or you could even look Baltimore Ravens over 10 and a half is plus 100. Yeah. How high am the Baltimore Ravens? This is how high I am, I am on them. I'm debating on picking them to win the AFC. Yeah. I, I picked like them, them to win the AFC last two years. So I don't know if I'm going to triple down. Uh, they did put me in the butt, especially last year with the injuries. But 2020, like I thought they that was a wasted year. I thought they were really good that year. But we'll see. Anyways. One guy we forgot to mention, they quietly signed Kyle Fuller. Coming off the worst year yep. of his career, if he's even half of what he was in Chicago, that's a great cornerback three. Mm-hmm. Um, and also rumors that uh, I believe they met with JPP last week. There could uh, be hmm. something there. JPP is still sitting on the scrap heap. wonder if he's just waiting for a playoff contender to give him a call, and the Ravens might be the team that does that. That's interesting couple good nuggets there, Wordsy. I like it. All righty. Let's end this Take division with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We so, love the Steelers. 
This team, this blew my mind. Pittsburgh Steelers have been 500 or better 18 straight years. Hmm. The New England Patriots, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick went 19 years of 500 or better. The all-time NFL record is the Cowboys from 65 to 85 did it for 20 straight years. So Mike Tomlin is trying to do something. He's trying to tie Bill Belichick. And when you think of greatest coaches of our generation, it's Bill Belichick and then the rest. Mike Tomlin might tie him for 500 uh Consecutive 500 or better seasons. Thought he deserved a shout out for that. There we go. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, it is. Like it's, it's, it's like we should we should actually like acknowledge how crazy that is. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so the owners of the Steelers, the Rooney family, they're as loyal as it gets. I've said it before on this podcast. Their loyalty has put this team in an absolute terrible spot. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger the last two years was probably the worst quarterback in the NFL two straight years. He had the f- lowest yards per attempt in the NFL and the quickest release time, meaning he just hut the ball and re- threw it. He couldn't play under center. He had to play shotgun. Like, just you're making the opposing team's defensive coordinator's job super, super easy when you know you're only getting shotgun snaps and throw on top of it the O-line last year was bad. So there's something to this. I do think, again, he's been bad. But the one thing that he did do well was get rid of the ball early because the offensive line was right. bad. So but now, he that he almost got a r- rid of it so no, quickly that it was a negative. I know, but that's what I, I agree with that. But the thing is, is how is that going to change with this offense? What like right. now you're banking on Trubisky? Ben Roethlisberger, as bad as he looked last year, he was a veteran. He played how long did he play in the league for? Over 15 no, years, right? Like The 18 years yeah, of 500 exactly. better was right when he so walked in. He knew what defenses were throwing his way. He knew, like he was very good at reading defenses. Again, you cannot like the guy, hate the guy. I've never been a big Ben fan, but he was a veteran, seasoned veteran. Now you got Mitchell Trubisky, who hasn't started in the league in over a year, and Kenny Pickett. Yeah. so It's not getting much prettier. Exactly. Don't forget, don't throw some respect on Mason Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> Warranty's a big Mason Rudolph guy. I cannot emphasize, though, how low I am on this offense. Uh, it is the league's second cheapest offense and the cheapest offensive line. Dan Moore and Akora Four form, in my opinion, the worst tackle duo in the league. Dan Moore ranked 72nd last year. Akora Four wasn't much better. 61st at tackle last year. Sliding inside at guard, Dotson, 51st best guard. Starting center, Mason Cole, has been traded twice already by the Cardinals and the Vikings. Two teams who desperately need offensive line help have traded him. Only viable starter would be my guy, James Daniels. So Mitch Trubisky, again, you're at, go back to Trubisky. When he played in Chicago, worst offensive line in the league. <laughs> you're telling me the Bears haven't had good offensive lines in the last couple of years? He might have a worse offensive line here in Pittsburgh than he did in Chicago. 100% will buy that. I, I have a note here. It's funny because like, I know the Steelers are your team, but I still have notes here. The offensive line is going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. all I got. And you just solidified that argument. So like this, I'm glad you took the reins ugly, yeah. ugly. And I mean, we just praised Mike Tomlin for that 18 consecutive 500 or better seasons. He deserves that. But he is such a defensive-minded guy. Or I don't CEO think style, style too. Yeah, they've given they've given Matt Canada the reins here. It's Matt Canada's offense. But what I'm saying, I don't think in 2022 you can have the second cheapest offense and expect to contend. 
especially the cheapest offensive line. The way football is played, the pass game is everything now. You can't have the cheapest offensive line and tell me that you're a contender. Mm-hmm. Just not buying it. And the sad part is, I like this group of position, uh, the p- oh, talent. Uh, I, love the re- I love their weapons. Yeah. I, I, they've got such a great receiver Deontay room. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens at, as wide receiver three. Are you gonna, how, if he turns into a star and the Bears pass on him for Kyler Gordon, is that one, one going to piss you off? Is that, is that one that's going to kind of stick in and stick in the back for a while? Well, he, he looks like he can be a superstar. He does. Yeah. But he... I think he has a way better chance to succeed where he's wide receiver three here now than going to the Bears where he'd be asked to yeah, do he'd be more. Yeah, he'd be the number one or number two yeah. option. Yeah, I just think that this fit is way better for him, and I also think Kyler Gordon's a Kid way be better good. fit for the fair Bears. Fair enough, fair enough. That's a, that's a question in a couple years. Tight end Pat Fryermouth, everybody likes him. Except for our fantasy league. He went undrafted last night. Yeah, because the quarterback's Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Running back Najee Harris, I hate saying this, but I'm on his under prop. 1,250 yards. I'm on the under. He averaged 3.7 yards per carry last year and got 300 carries. Offensive line got worse. I don't see his number. That 3.7 is quietly not very good. That's not good at all. But it was more. It was obviously a lot to do with the offensive line. Offensive line took a step back. I don't see how that 3.7 gets better. And on top of it, he had 303 carries last year. I don't think you want to be giving him 300 plus carries again. And he just, he does, the eye test doesn't match his explosiveness. He doesn't have like breakaway speed. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't, I feel like he was a huge fantasy darling in PPR leagues last year because, like we mentioned, um, Big Ben's yards per attempt was the lowest in the NFL. There were games last year he caught 15 balls and got 40 yards mm-hmm. out of it. He's a PPR darling because Big Ben just dumped it off to him nonstop. I like the player. It's just I'm low on his output this year because of that offensive line. I'm just low on this offense in general. Like I said, I like Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens. I just don't see this offense having success in the long term, especially when you consider this loaded AFC that they're the going to have to go second most carries in the NFL last year. Yeah, that's, that's got to go down. Yeah, Who's their backup running back? Uh, Benny Snell and Jalen Warren. They didn't even, like, they didn't upgrade that position. Yeah. Benny Snell's been there forever. I know. That's two yards in a cloud of yeah, dust. Yeah, exactly. Look at that, this defense. Most expensive defense in the NFL would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a I good like it. one. It's yeah. a good one, yeah. right? I, you don't think it? I think this defense is going to be elite this year. Mm. I, 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 the way it looks, I don't know. Okay, let me see. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Last year, they finished 14th in DVOA. Mm-hmm. Their rush defense against last year, 27th in the NFL DVOA-wise. It's not a good run-stopping unit. But I'll give them this. This is absolutely banana lands. Five straight years, they've either had the most or tied for the most sacks in the NFL. That is a record. Mm-hmm. So they're getting to the quarterback, but they're not stopping the run. And that's because of this linebacker group. Tomlin in 2022 uses linebackers more than anybody in the NFL. He hasn't adapted to the nickel system a lot of teams are running. He still uses linebackers far too often. And I'm sorry, like I said about Patrick Queen, Devin Bush is officially a bust. 
10th overall pick in 2019. He finished 82nd of 87 linebackers last year. Did you watch him in preseason? Did you see that play where he literally looked completely lost? He and got burned. The running backs ran by him. He's not a good linebacker. Yeah. I'll buy that. But they brought him Miles Jack, who I think can be very good in this defense. Miles Jack fell off a cliff last year. Yeah. After being ranked 11th in 2020, he fell to 77th of 87 and linebackers. No one in the Jacksonville Jaguars defense played well last year. No one did. His I, I, coverage, I think, his coverage grade, literally fell off a cliff. Yeah. I again, he was. I think he has a chance to be good in this defense this year. Is what I'm trying to say. Last year, I will buy it. He didn't look too good, but he's still a very good player. He's only 26 years old. I think he has a chance to be kind of the leader of this defense. I, okay, I, I, think, I can agree with yeah. that. He definitely has upside. Yeah. I believe he was signed for nine or ten million dollars. Two, two year, eighteen mil or something like that. Yeah. I just think that money should have been spent elsewhere. Well, they needed linebackers. You just said Devin Bush sucks. I yeah. agree. Devin Bush is not. He's not. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. This is definitely his last year in Pittsburgh. I, I, it's crazy that they're still throwing him out to start. They needed to add linebackers there. The other thing is, too, is TJ Watts, like, sack. I know I'm kind of going off topic here, but TJ Watt had, what, 22 and a half sacks last year? Mm. I think a lot of it was, like, cleanup sacks. I think he can be better. Like, I don't think we've seen the ceiling of TJ Watt yet. That's I know that sounds crazy. What I was going to say about the defensive line, it's TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward was, was awesome last year. Cam Hayward was one of the most underrated players in the league last year, and I still think he can he play at high level. Been. He has yeah. been for about five years exactly. now. He's getting older, but I still think he can play very good this year. And they brought in Larry Ogunjobi as well. I mean, potentially he can be good. They get Tyson Alalu back. That's another guy. He was, I think he had a broken ankle or 20 yeah. CL something last year, right? He didn't he, play. Yeah, so he, I know he's getting older, but I think this front seven's got something. It's got to be better against yeah. the run. That's what's absolutely killing them because their secondary isn't that good. No. I will buy that. Brian Flores uh, is coming in. I'm hoping Brian Flores convinces Tomlin to play more nickel. But... When you look at the way the roster's built at cornerback, Levi Wallace, Cameron Sutton, James Pierre, Akello Witherspoon, you can't have all four of those guys on the field at once. Yeah. That's questionable as it is. They need Mika Fitzpatrick to get back to being a star. Like, yeah, I think he was, he was somewhat down last year. I think he can play better. They need him to be that, that, like one of the best safeties mm. in the NFL. I'm looking forward to seeing Mika yeah. Fitzpatrick this year. The rumors were that him and Brian Flores were oil and water in Miami, just did not get along whatsoever. That's what led to the trade. Apparently, they've buried the hatchet, but we'll see in game action once something goes wrong. They are very lucky, though, this year. They face the easiest schedule of opposing O-lines. So, like you said about TJ Watt, he could do even better than 22 and a half sacks. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm still just, I'm overall low on this team. I don't know how Mike Tomlin the last couple years has got this team to 500 or better, but I'm, I think it ends this year. Fair. I think the, the biggest, I think the Steelers defense is going to be in the top 10. I think they've got a lot of issues on offense with the offensive line and quarterback play. I think that's where this team's going to fall apart. I also don't like Matt Canada as an offensive play caller. Yeah, I thought he's had a. I thought he's done a poor job the but last two years. I think his hands have been tied for two. Okay, years. so let's see it. They brought him in from college, I believe. Right, where was he? He was at. He was at Maryland. They brought him in from Maryland to be some sort of like offensive wizard with all the motion and stuff. You can see they're trying to do it in, in preseason. They had they ran a motion play in preseason yesterday where the two receivers ran into each other in a double motion. <laughs> like it just looks bad. Like his offense is so plain and boring since he got into Pittsburgh, and they're giving him another chance here. It's time to. Time to literally pick it up. Time to prove it or sh- or go home for Matt Canada. I don't think he's a smart offensive mind. 
I think Kenny Pickett's going to be playing by halfway through the season. I think this team, again, like you said, wins six, seven, eight games. But I do Might think, as well give Pickett some run. Yeah, exactly. I do think the defense is going to be good, though, but I do think the offense is going to be poor. I don't think I don't think the defense is going to be good enough where they can carry the offense. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Alrighty. Anything else in the AFC North? Uh, we just finished the AFC. Like This conference is loaded. Yeah. At the Before the season, we'll do our Super Bowl predictions and all that. It was going to be a nightmare trying to pick out the AFC. It's going to be a bloodbath. Wild cards. Yep. Anyways, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Really, really appreciate it. Again, hit that subscribe button. It would help us greatly. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Check out my interview with Brian Dawkins. Check out our last division previews. We're done with the AFC, baby. Time to head on to the NFC. We will be kicking off the NFC early next week. And until then, we'll talk to you later.